Amen. We're going to be dealing with thankfulness in the Thanksgiving, and of course, you know, uh, you know, everybody's preparing to get together, and and I think sometimes we get so busy that we don't focus in on the whole meaning of Thanksgiving because you know time and the pressures of life can really pressure you, and, and so many things to do, and so many things are going on in our world. Amen. Amen. So you kind of have to bring your mind to that. I was kind of looking online. I was looking for some sayings, and uh, I, I I typed in unthankfulness. And it, it pulled up some sayings, <laughs> and, and I thought they were they were pretty good. Uh, Andrew Carnegie, the multimillionaire, left one million for one of his relatives, who in return cursed him thoroughly. This cursed the man out, mad, cussed him out thoroughly, because he had left three hundred and sixty-five million to public charities, and it cut him off with just one measly million dollars. The criminal attorney and lawyer and judge saved 78 men from the electric chair. Not one ever did bother to thank him. Wow, 78 of them. I liked this one. Many years ago, as the story is told, a devout king was disturbed by the ingratitude of his royal court. He prepared a large banquet for them, and when the king and his royal guests were seated, by pre-arrangement, a beggar shuffled in the hall, dirty, disheveled, didn't smell very good, sat down at the king's table and gorged himself, just ate and ate and ate and ate until he was just full with the king's food. Without saying a word, he got up, ah, that was good, with his mouth, and just walked out. The guests were furious and asked permission, let's seize him. We need to tear him limb from limb. How dare he come into the king's court, sit down and eat the king's food, and doesn't say a word, no gratitude at all? What in the world? And the king sat back in his chair, and he replied, that beggar has done only once to an earthly king what each of you have done three times a day, every day, to God. You sit there at the table and you eat until you are satisfied. Then you walk away without recognizing God or expressing one word of thanks. Oh, my I thought those were interesting. Amen? Amen. Mm. I thought those were interesting. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Let's go to Luke. Uh, by the way, the title of my message this morning is The Benefit of Thankfulness and the Consequences of Unthankfulness. So we're going to go there today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. I need all of this up here, so. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. And as he went on his way to Jerusalem, it occurred that Jesus was passing along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into one village, he was met by ten lepers 
who stood at a distance. And they raised up their voices and called, Jesus, Jesus, Master, take pity, have mercy, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, and he said at once, go at once and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cured and made clean. Mm. Now, let's just pause there for a minute. If you understand anything about leprosy, it eats your body, so the body parts begin to fall off. It'll eat away your face. It just it eats away at you. It's a horrible disease. It rots the flesh. So you smell horrible on top of everything else. So they were banned. Now, he had hooked himself up with other lepers because they hung together. Got that? They were all crying out to him. Got that? Mm-hmm. And they're all walking along. And just imagine yourself being in that position, and you're walking along. And as you're walking along, Suppose you're the one that had lost a thumb to leprosy. So you didn't have the ability because of the leprosy in your hands to pick up and, and negotiate anything with your hands. Somebody had to always help you. Imagine yourself walking along and you're just walking along and then you and, and, and there's a thumb. Flesh has grown back on it. Not not just flesh, but flesh is beautiful and as smooth as a baby's skin flesh has come back on and then you say hey hey guys look 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 and then they begin to and, and, and they begin to see that the very thing that separated them from their families that separated them from their loved ones their community that caused them to have to come together and live in a colony segregated from everybody else alone with Basically, nothing having to bake because you can't work because you can catch leprosy. It's contagious. Nobody wants to be close to you. Your loved ones can't hug you anymore for fear of contracting the disease themselves. There have been many priests that have started leprosy colonies and they've died in the leprosy colony ministering to the people that they came to serve. Imagine that. You're cut off from everybody you love. Perhaps you had children. You love them very much. Can you imagine being cut off from your children? You want to be with them. They want to be with you, but you can't. Not at all. And when he saw them, he said to them, go at once and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cured and made clean. Then one of them, upon seeing that he was cured, turned back and recognizing and thanking and praising God with a loud voice. And he fell prostrate at Jesus' feet, thanking him over and over. And he was a Samaritan, Mm, an outcast. Then Jesus asked, were there not all ten cleansed? Where are the nine? I know my word will accomplish what I send it to do. So when I told them to go and show themselves to the priest, I know that as they were going, because I, Jesus, sent my word and it healed them. So as they were going, I know my word. See, it wasn't predicated on them. It was predicated on his word. They had nothing to do with it. It was on the word of Jesus that they were healed. So as they were going, they were healed. But only one decided to come back and say thank you. 
that surprised Jesus. You know, I don't think it was like only one of y'all. He wasn't like that. I believe there was a sense of, of hurt in, in his voice. Were, were, didn't all of you, didn't, weren't all of you made whole? Where, where, where are the nine? What happened? What happened? Now, just hold on to that for a minute. I want to talk to you about the consequences of unthankfulness. In this day and age, we we tend to have a lot. It has been uh, stated and history has shown that societies, especially prosperous societies, only last uh, uh, about 200 years, which we've passed our 200-year celebration because what happens is prosperity sets in and then once prosperity sets in unthankfulness has a tendency to to step in because after all we have everything we need and if you don't have it you can go to some agency to get it okay so we we're a very prosperous nation and and if you're like uh the baby boomers and then the millennial generation and and the, and those before us our parents before us wanted us to have what they didn't have okay and particularly in the black community when you were not allowed to go to school you were not allowed to know how to read you couldn't have these privileges so the first generation out of slavery they didn't have these things they were dogmatic about their children going to school they stayed on them it wasn't nothing about this I'm tired I don't want to get up and go you get up and you go to school because they knew that education was their way out so they made it a way for them to go to school so that they could have a better life than what they had they wanted them to have something better so as parents we have a tendency to want to see our children have better than what we had so now the millennium I mean that the baby boomers came in and so we came in through all of the uproar and and the 60s and the drugs and you know have it my way and you know it's all about me and I'm going to get it and I'm going to go now I've got the education I'm going to use it to get what I want and go where I want to be and you can't stop me black power all this crazy stuff free love you know uh, this this craziness set in and we were set on the fact that we were going to give our children everything. They would not suffer like we had to suffer. So each generation pushes a little bit more of it out because we don't want to see our kids go through what we had to go through. Mm-hmm. If you were the Hispanic generations coming out of Mexico and coming over and you had to work in the fields and, and your children were segregated from everybody and, and, and they didn't have schools, they were in the fields working with their parents. And then the parents got together and they began to have schools on the land so that their children could go to school. Then they began to move their children out into the population to go to school in the public school system. Come on now. They wanted something more for their kids. And so we did what was necessary to get it to our children. Now we have a tendency to overdo it. And then we begin to pour everything into them because there was a generation, if you want a car, uh, son, you're going to have to go out and get a job and you're going to have to work for it. Well, I'm going to school. You go to school and you work and you can buy your car. Okay, we taught them responsibility. We taught them how to go out and get something. How many of you, I had to laugh because uh, uh, we were out someplace and the food was free. It was included in the whole, you know, all-inclusive thing. And so I laughed. I said, you know, how funny is it that when it's free, we'll go for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And we won't eat just a little bit. We'll eat a lot because it's free. Come on now. Let's come on. 
Let's think about it, okay? If you got to pay for that little piece of candy, you'll drop the nickel and get one piece. But if it's free, you'll just grab a little handful and drop it in your purse and just keep on going, okay? Because it's free. You know, it's free. And so you you begin to take advantage of the situation. I'm going someplace now. Stay with me now. And so we begin to develop this attitude of, of uh, I'm entitled to it. Okay, I'm entitled to it. And now we got a generation now that they come in with tattoos and and, and, and stuff all in their face and holes in places shouldn't be holes plucked into their face and stuff. And they walk into a place, their hair every color up under the sun, and they want an executive position. I tell them, I ain't hiring you. Well, why not? Because you do not represent who I am in my company. Therefore, I cannot have you represent my company. Because this is not what I want people to equate my company with. And then they get mad at you. Mm -hmm. See, my daddy used to tell me you can't change City Hall. Okay, now they tell you now, we don't give a what City Hall thinks. This put me, do I get a corner office with a view? Well, what have you done? Well, (laughs) it's me. (laughs) This is the attitude we're dealing with now in the workplace. Anybody in the workplace that hires? You deal with that sometime? That whole attitude? Well, what are you going to give me? Well, how hard are you going to work to rise up the ladder to get to the place that you can have something? Like we did. We came in in the mailroom and worked our way up from the bottom up. And I love when I hear the millionaires that have had children and they've made their children work their company so that they can have an appreciation for the worker and what they have to do rather than the millionaire who just gives it to their children where well, here's your allowance and they squander their life away. This is where you see them getting high on drugs and everything else. A, a attitude of unthankfulness. So one of the things that happen when we are unthankful, it will keep your focus on the downside of everything. When you are unthankful, and you've had so much, and then you begin to look around, and one little thing happens to you, or one big thing happens to you, and the first thing that comes out of your mouth is your focus is so easy to move to everything negative, everything that's not good in your life. You focus in on that one little season of your life, that one little time that you're going through, and everything else just flies out the window, and you are so focused on what is happening to you that you can see nothing else. You cannot see the blessings of God. You cannot see where you are at. You are focused in on one thing, and you begin to complain and whine and cry, get mad, leave, hurt your family, hurt yourself, unthankfulness will take you to that place where your focus now is skewed. Have you ever looked in in a telescope or, or you've taken glasses and something that are too strong for your eyes and everything is out of focus? Or, or, or you've looked in binoculars and you know if you turn them a certain way, everything is just out of focus. That's what happens when you move into a position of unthankfulness. When you are unthankful, you cannot see God's grace. Ah, you become self-reliant. God has grace for us. And many, many, many times we turn away from the grace of God because we are unthankful. 
thankful, we begin, go back to number one. We get our focus on the negative. We take our focus off of God on the downside of everything. Then you no longer see God's grace. This is a trick of the devil. You no longer see God's grace. You become self-reliant. Well, God ain't going to do it for me anyway. I'll just do it myself. I'll get the job done. I got the, I, I'll just go to school, get my education. I'm going to be a millionaire. I ain't even going to think about God. Get my money. I don't think so. He ain't done nothing for me. My life has been hell ever since I was born. I was born into this mess. He never did nothing for me. And we become self-reliant. Then who do you turn to in your life outside of inward you? Oh, God. Unthankfulness will cause you to become depressed. You dealing with depression? Anybody ever dealt with depression? I did. I, I dealt with it to the point of wanting to commit suicide. I dealt with it to the place that I opened up the door and a spirit came in, not into me, but attached itself to my life, to my circumstances, to my thoughts, and thought about suicide all the time. Depression. Don't want to talk to nobody. Don't want to see nobody. Nobody loves me. I just go through so much. Poor me. It's been so long. I have to work so hard. Nobody's there for me. When does God bless me? When does God do something for me? When do I get to have a new car? When do I get to have a big house? When do I get to have new clothes? Why do I have to clean the house all the time? Why do I have to be the one at church and nobody speaks to me? Why do I have to be the one I do all this and nobody recognizes me? Why, why, why? Me, me, me. Unthankfulness will cause you to be depressed. Well, I'll just go in here and lay down. Cover up my head. Nobody loves me. God doesn't even love me. I'll just die. Bad things are happening to me. Look, I've been there. Walked through it. All right? So I'm not making fun. Trust me. Depression is a damnable thing. It's a damnable thing. The enemy will use it to steal, kill, and destroy you. And it is a fight beyond fights sometimes in your life to come out of it. It's one of them knocked down, let's get in the dirt when you done rolled around and, and you got cuts and bruises and dirt all in it and you done fought, bit, scratch, hollered, scream, pulled hair, snatch, everything you know how to do in this fight. But you do what you have to do to come out on the other side. Oh God, I know this fight. I know this fight. <clears throat> Thank, unthankfulness mm, will take away any hope for the future. Oh God, hear me church. Hear me church. Now I'm starting with the negative. We're going to go positive in just a minute here, but you got to get a picture here. Unthankfulness will take away your hope for the future. Come on, let's think about it. When you are unthankful and you're focusing on everything that is down, when you're unthankful and you're self-reliant and it's not going your way and you see no grace in God, when you're unthankful and you are depressed, do you look at the future with any hope and joy and light? Do you? Come on. It's always going to be like this. 
Oh, God. It's never going to change. What do I have to look forward to tomorrow? These kids are rotten. They're going to be rotten today. They're going to be rotten tomorrow. They're probably all going to go to jail. And I'm going to have to visit them in jail. I'm going to be so embarrassed. I'm going to always be in this little run room apartment and I'm never going to have anything better than this. It's just awful. I can't stand it, God. It'll never change. I'll never have anything. That's what the devil wants you to do. I hate this job. I'll never get a better job. The enemy, the enemy wants to take away your hope for anything better. He does not want you to see what God truly has for you because of the circumstances. I told somebody, do not make a permanent decision on temporary circumstances. Please do not do that. The best thing that somebody told me when I lost my first husband, I was like, I'm selling everything. I'm leaving. I'm done. God is through blessing me. I'm just here. I had left my church. I had ministry where I was at. I was just at home and I was like, it's never going to be any different. And and I don't have any money. I don't have any insurance. I'm just going to sell everything and try to find me a little hole to crawl in and exist. And somebody walked up and put their arm around me and they said, honey, they said, give it a year before you make any major decisions. Just wait. Wait for your transition time. Because God is not saying that when bad things happen, that you don't mourn those things. He's not saying that. We do mourn situations in our life. Bad things happen to good people. Okay? But what he is saying is hold on to your hope because things, all things, are temporary. Do you hear me? All things are temporary. Daily, everything is changing. Daily. Your body changes. Otherwise, I would look like a 20-year-old that's buffed and shapely. Everything changes. Okay? Every day. Sun comes up. Sun goes down. There are changes. We go through changes. Now listen to me. This is a process that happens in unthankfulness. Unthankfulness leads to ingratitude. Hmm. Have you ever had a gift and you really, you, you really worked hard to get this gift? Okay, I mean, you put your time and your effort and your money into it and you brought it to somebody. I'll just talk about me. As pastors, we would visit other churches. And I can remember we had had a church that we went to and we loved these people. And we, uh, I was in a transition of moving from making a lot of money to making a very little bit of money. Okay, right. And so for me to go out and, and spend on something really took some effort from me it took away from something that I wanted and we presented this gift to this couple and they just looked at it and never said thank you never said nothing act like it was nothing when it was a great sacrifice for me that really hurt my feelings it really did it really hurt my feelings and then I thought about how God feels when I'm ungrateful for what he does for me when I'm ungrateful for the sacrifice his son made for me. Come on, let's think about it. Okay, not one person in here has ever watched their child beaten, spit on, their beard pulled out, 
beaten beyond recognition, hammered to a cross, stripped down, no respect. Not one of us has had to deal with that. Not one. We've lost some things, but not like that. And so ungratefulness leads to ingratitude. There was no gratitude from these people. I never did it again. Good thing I'm not God, huh? I, I mean, I'm not mean or anything, but, but I did not extend myself like that again. The Lord said, just leave it alone. I left it alone. There'll be times he may tell you to do it again. And you got to do it again. <laughs> Which brings me back to one of the first sayings. Blessed is he who expresses, who expects no gratitude, for he shall not be disappointed. <laughs> but I say this, even Jesus was looking for gratitude because he asked, where are the nine? Come on now, y'all. Unthankfulness leads to ingratitude. And you become careless, cruel, rude, thoughtless, and ungrateful. That's what unthankfulness will lead to when you move into ingratitude. And believe me, it is a process that does happen. If you'll stop and you'll think about a season in any time of your life when you begin to deal in an area of unthankfulness, you can watch the progress in your life, how it moved how it moved into the different stages, how it progressively got worse and progressively got worse, and then it came to ingratitude. Then at that point, somebody tries to come to you and put their arm around you and tell you, honey, it's going to be all right. And you're like, get your hands off me. It's not going to be all right. Leave me alone. You become cruel. Been there, done that. I'll just talk about me. Been there, done that. You become cruel. You say cruel things. Well, I've always been here for you. Well, not enough. You could have did more. You could have did this. You didn't do that. Children have a bad habit of doing that. Mm -hmm. You become rude. You become thoughtless. You don't think about the feelings of other people. You don't think about God and ungrateful. And when you become ungrateful, you become dissatisfied, self-centered, selfish, fault-finding, and un appreciative. Wow. All of those strongholds begin like a vice to grip your life and choke all the joy, all the hope, all the gentleness, all the happiness, all the future, all the grace, all the experiencing the love of God. It chokes it all out of you. Because unthankfulness will cause you to dwell on your past. Every bad thing that happened to you in your past. And we'll focus in on that. It all leads to these things. Unthankfulness will also cause you to develop a spirit of anger. Angry people are unthankful people. Hatred, bitterness, bitter people are unthankful people. And unforgiveness, if you harbor a spirit of unforgiveness, it's hard for you to forgive people. And I say this all the time, you forgive people, but that don't mean you got to walk back in the mess. You bite me once, bite me twice, the third time, I ain't jumping back over in that yard with you, I'm done. Amen? It doesn't say you keep yourself in a position of abuse. What it says is, I forgive you. You will no longer, I'm not going to beat you up with this. Uh, every time it comes up in my heart, I'm going to say, Lord, just bless them. Just bless them, Lord. And I'm going to go on and live my life free. 
free of anger and bitterness and unforgiveness. Now, I'm a, this is this seals it here because I want to show you by the word that it is truly this is what it is. Let's Second Timothy three two. Okay, you don't have to turn that. I'll just give it to you. You can read it later. Just uh, paraphrasing it. One of the things in the last days. People will be unthankful. Are we not living in a society that is greatly unthankful? We want the government to do everything for us. God forbid that we should have to go out and get a job, even if it's working at McDonald's. To earn your way, to press in, to be better than where you are right now, to do the hard thing. Don't get me wrong. You need it. Use it. It's here for that. But we have this attitude that you better take care of me. And when the government gets to the place where more people are looking to be taken care of than people that are working and paying into the tax system, the whole thing begins to crumble because you do not have enough money going in for what is going out. And it has been stated that when the people find out that they can vote themselves in benefits, then your government shall fall. We're very close. We're very close because we have ceased to be a self-reliant people in God, relying on what God has done in us. Come on. Not it's all about me self-reliant, but I believe that God blessed me. I believe that God put gifts in me. I believe that God can use me. And so I'm going to rely on what God put in me. And I'm going to cultivate that gift. And I'm going to work hard to build something so that I can be a blessing and be blessed. Instead of always having my hand out and then get mad when I don't get what I want as much as I want how I want. Come on now. Just saying, just saying. So it says in the last days, people will be unthankful, very unthankful. Now let's move to the positive side of this. True, (laughs) are you ready? (laughs) Hallelujah. God is good. Come on now, God is good. I had to paint a picture for you now, come on. Because see, sometimes the enemy is so subtle. Okay, that one day you'll, since I had this happen to me, one day, especially as a young Christian, I was excited. I was praising God. Stuff would happen, but I knew God was in control. He was taking care of it. I prayed my way through. I was happy. I was full of joy. I was telling everybody about Jesus. And then life slowly but surely creeped in on me. And, and, And disappointments surely came. And, and, I somehow got the idea that if if I was saved, I shouldn't have to go anything. But the word of God says we share in his suffering. (laughs) Woo. Okay. (laughs) You hear that, church? We share in his suffering. The church today doesn't want to suffer anything. But I want to tell you, you will suffer some things. Live long enough. And so I begin to slowly but surely. Just slowly, slowly, like you're playing in the ocean. You ever play in the ocean and your dad or your mom let you go out in the ocean and then you look up and you're like about, you know, 100 yards down the way because the current has slowly just moved you, just moved you. And then you look up and you're like, mom, okay, you know? And I looked up and an attitude of unthankfulness had settled in. And I was depressed and I was angry and I was unforgiving. All of it crept up on me before I even knew it was there. So I have to show it to you so that you can wake up and understand that even though you're going through things, God is still God. 
and if you can change your thinking. Ah, God. Because see, the devil is, is, he is relentless. He never stops. He has, see, we as human beings, somewhere in us, there is that little tinge of sympathy and empathy. Okay, we find that, okay, even when we're, you know, you can be, be spitting mad at somebody, you know, and then you see something terrible happen to them, and most people will find that little place in them when you say, oh, man, that's, that's, that's not good, you know. Devil don't care. He don't care. He'll hit you. He'll hit your kids, your dog, your house, your husband, your mama, your auntie, anybody he can get hold of. He will hit them with everything he has. He does not care, and you have to understand your enemy, and the tactics that he uses, because after all, even the government studies the enemy when they are getting ready to go into war to find their weaknesses so that they can hit in their weak spot so that we can have the victory. Do we not? So you must know your enemy and how he functions and what he wants to do to you and how much he hates you and how much he wants to kill, steal and destroy you. And if you do not understand that and if you do not understand his tactics, then you will be dead you will be depressed. You will not have everything that God has for you. And you'll find yourself in that cycle, that cycle. And unless you can break out of that cycle, you'll live, move, and have your being in that very place all of your life. I promise you, you will. True thanksgiving is given to God with pure gratitude. It is pure gratitude. You know that there is nothing you could have ever done to get God to love you, okay? Because we were born into sin. You have a a natural tendency to go that way. It's a natural tendency. It's a natural tendency in children. We say it all the time. You don't even have to teach a kid to lie. They take the cookie. The crumbs can be all on their face, chocolate all on their hands. And they'll say, did you take that cookie when I told you not to? And they'll say, nope. Lie. Don't even have to teach them how to lie. They automatically know how to lie. You don't have to teach them. So there's nothing that we could have done to make God love us any more than he did from the very beginning. Unconditional, pure love and true thankfulness knows that. And true thankfulness will just, wow, God, thank you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you. It comes from pure gratitude. You cannot add yourself. Well, you know, God, I'm just so good. You know, I go to church every Sunday. You know, I, I, you know, I, I teach. You know, I, I, I usher. You know, I'm a catcher. You know, I, I count money. I'm, I'm, I'm trustworthy, God. You know, just thanks you. Yeah. Oh, thanks, God. Yeah. You know you'd be nothing without him. So it's pure gratitude. The benefits of thanksgiving. Thankfulness focuses us or forces us to look at what we have and how God has blessed us, not on what we want and don't have. Listen to me. I found myself on the other side of this being unthankful about some things. And I had to stop. And I looked around and I said, Lord, I am so thankful I have a home to live in. I am so thankful I have a car to drive, God. I start looking at my life and, and 
one of the big things, God, I'm thankful about is my children are healthy. God, you know, I, I look around and I see sometimes what people go through and I'm so incredibly thankful. And I think, you know, I'm really thankful for my husband. You know, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm really thankful, Lord, that, that you wake me up every day. You know, it's, just, it's like clockwork. I don't have to work at waking up. You just wake me up. I'm thankful for friends. You know, some have many, some have few. If I have one, if I have two, if I have three, I'm thankful. Thank you, Lord. I begin to focus in on what God has for me. I begin to look around my house and just say, pretty much everything that I wanted, I got. You know, it may not be brand spanking new, but it's mine. I'm thankful. It forces you to look at the positive that God has done in your life. I, I told people in the Bible study, I have a tendency to go the other way, being honest. Okay, I'm pastor is, hey, the glass is half full. Let's praise the Lord. I think that's why God put me with him. And I'm like, oh, my God, the glass is half empty. We're all going to starve. <laughs> we got to get the glass full. <laughs> Times are going to be bad. Oh, God, you know, that, that's, my, that's my tendency. I tend to go, I, that's my tendency, being honest. I have not arrived, pray for me. You know, I'm working on it. So I got a book. And granted, I'm not in it every day. I make it my goal to get in it every day. But I got a book. And I wrote my thankfulness book. And I try to work up five things in the beginning. It was really hard, okay? <laughs> I work on five things that I'm thankful for. All right. And like I said, I, I started, oh, I'm thankful for the sun coming up, Lord. You know, yeah. Okay. This is how I started. Seriously. Okay. Oh, I'm thankful for my dog, Max. Okay. He's a crazy dog, but yeah, I'm thankful for him, you know. Yeah. That's about all I can think of today, Lord. Bye. No, I see, none of y'all are like that. I know. Okay. Okay. And then the next day, you know, I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, I, I really am thankful for my kids. I am. They're good kids. You know, they're, they've been through some stuff, but they're really good kids. And, and I am thankful for my grandkids. You know, I have a whole bunch of them and they're great kids. And, and, you know, I was thinking about the one that as a baby got dropped in the hospital and now it's a special needs child, you know, and, and I'm thankful that God has provided a place for him to be loved and, and treated well. I'm thankful. Thankful, Lord, even in the midst of tragedy, because he was fine and they dropped him on his head, and now he is—they didn't even expect him to live this long. And I had to look at that, which could make you very ungrateful. Why did that have to happen? But I'm thankful, Lord, that he's in a loving home. I'm thankful, Lord, that he recognizes us, and he gets excited when he sees us. I'm thankful, Lord. I begin to write down these things. I found in the bad things something to thank him about. It forces you to focus in on what is good in your life. And it takes you away from what you want and what you don't have. It makes you focus on what you do have. Some of us need to stop and look at what we truly do have. 
We live in a prosperous nation. We have beautiful homes. We have a wonderful infrastructure in this nation. We don't have to walk a mile for water. We don't have to pump it from a pump outside of our house and carry it in a bucket into our house. Come on, we got to think about it here. We got to think about it. Bountiful blessings belong to us. Two, thankfulness keeps our eyes on God's grace. We will not have what we have without him. To give thanks is to admit we are dependent on God. God, I thank you for your grace. Because how many of you know I depend on God's grace every day? Every day, because I know the thoughts that run through my brain. I depend on him and I am thankful for his grace, his unmerited favor to me. His unmerited favor to me. Grace, I did not earn it. I do not deserve it, but he chose to give it to me. And I choose to say, yes, Lord, I receive your grace and your mercy and your love. We focus in on his grace. We understand that he brought us through every difficult time. I know that has to be at least one time in your life when you know you should have ran that, you ran that light and somebody should have hit you. You were in one place as soon as you left, all the craziness broke out you know that he saved you that his ministering angels were in camp round about you and his grace was there and it was sufficient for you to walk out of that place and you are still here by his grace and his mercy and he kept you when the devil should have killed you your life is valuable you need to value your life God values your life so much that he gave his son that you could live life more abundantly you need to grab a hold to that, knit it into your being so that you can grab hold to his grace. I am thankful for your grace. Your grace abounds every day. Every morning it's fresh and it's new for me. I don't have to go on yesterday's old grace. I can jump into the new grace. I don't frustrate his grace because it is bound. It is a bounty of grace towards me. Receive his grace. Focus in on his grace. Thankfulness will cause you to say, oh God, you've seen me through everything. <laughs> you carried me when I couldn't carry myself. You made a way out of no way. Out of no way. I was laughing. I was talking to one of my daughters. I said, look, girl, I said, I can't remember, you know, when, when, when y'all were growing up, y'all were like all happy, but we didn't have no money. And we didn't have no real food. And so I had a little bit of pancake mix that you mix with water and a little bit of sugar in the house. And we made pancakes with a half a stick of butter for five kids and, and mom and dad. And, and I put some water in a pan with some sugar and made some sugar syrup. And we had pancakes with sugar syrup and a little bit of butter for dinner. And the kids were like, oh, we're having breakfast for dinner. We're having breakfast for dinner. Yay! <laughs> Come on. <clears throat> we didn't even have no sausage, no bacon, just pancakes. But there was joy in my home. Joy in my home. Do you see? Come on, you got to look back and you think, Lord, you know, we didn't have nothing. But I'm telling you, that was good times. 
You know, we all sat out on the front porch in the summertime, didn't have much. I didn't go on, I didn't go on vacations, big, nice vacations until my kids were grown and out of the house. We went camping. That was vacation. Because we didn't have no relatives to go see. So we, we didn't get that luxury. Okay. That's what we did. I didn't travel. I didn't have all that stuff, but I had fun. And I look back on it and, and it was joyous. You got to look back and you got to see all the times that God saw you through. When the devil meant to kill you, when he meant to put you in a place where you would just give up that God saw you through. And you can say, Lord, I, I just thank you. <laughs> Woo! I thank you. I thank you that my kids didn't even recognize we were that poor at that time. Okay. I thank you that we laughed and we enjoyed our meals together. We had fun. We sat in the front yard and they played. And it was joyous. God is good. It focused you to look and to see his grace and his love. And to admit we are dependent on him. I depend on you, God. Number three, thankfulness helps us see what is good in our life. Thankfulness is a proven way to come out of depression. <clears throat> there is clinical depression where there are chemicals in your body that are firing the wrong way, and I am not opposed to you getting help. I really want you to understand that because your faith is where it's at. I don't beat up anybody for that. Okay, having walked through it, I don't beat up anybody about being depressed. Okay, it, it's hard. And sometimes your body is releasing chemicals and you're off balance and you need to bring yourself to a place of getting chemically balanced, okay? But, but there's the other kind of depression where you just allow yourself, you, you're lazy, okay? And I can say that because I was lazy. You're lazy, okay? And you just allow your brain to just go anywhere it wants to go. And your body just, that's how it drags you around. That's how it drags you around. Anywhere your mind goes, that's where you are. Oh, woe's me. Oh, woe's me. Oh, they hate me. Oh, oh. You're, you're constantly allowing your brain to just drag you places that is not true. And, and if you really stop and think about it, you know it's not true. But because you don't want to fight that battle in your mind, because it is a fight, and a mental fight is very tiring, it will wear you down if you are not dependent on the Lord and his grace and his mercy. Know that you will fall, but get back up. Okay? It is a fight. But at times, you have got to get up out of your bed, wash your face, ask the Lord, is there somebody I can call to just bless? I was just thinking about you. I just want to call you and tell you that, you know, I really do appreciate you. Because when you come out of your own intrude self, and you begin to thank somebody else. I just want to say thank you for being a good friend to me. You know, Lord, I, I just want to thank you. And you and you move out of your place of being out and go help somebody. Drive down the street and give a bum a dollar. Do something that moves you from that place of locking everything into poor me to moving into blessing somebody else, being thankful that God has given you something that somebody else doesn't have. They have no food. I'll take you some, give you, some, hey, here's a burger. You know, find something that brings you out of your own self-awareness because you can thank God for what you do have. 
and that how that's how you move out of that. You put on some music. How many of when you're depressed, you want to watch a sad movie, listen to sad music so you can feed that monster? Okay. I, I'm telling you, I, I, I dealt with depression, and there are times when, when I was just laughing when I was talking about my daughter. I said, I said, it still hits me, you know, and, and, and I was very depressed because my father really didn't want to have anything to do with me. He cussed at me, uh, abused me, very terrible, harsh person. Okay. And I really wanted him to love me. And so that was a big point of depression for me. And so even to today, you know, it'll come in and I'll, I'll cry. I said, I may cry a couple of tears. And I'm like, wait a minute. Seriously? He's dead. He is. He's dead. I can't change it. He didn't want me. It is what it is. But hey, I'm still alive. Woo. Glory to God. I'm still going strong. Hallelujah. I got a husband that loves me. I got kids that I can rejoice with. Hallelujah. I like myself, Lord. I think I turned out pretty good. Jesus, you've blessed me. Come on now. I have to stop. And I may cry a couple of tears, but I take that thing and pack it back in the grave that it came out of. And I say, you will not have control over my life. I will not mourn over that situation all the time. I will not let you drag me back into that place of depression because somebody couldn't give to me what I needed from them. I'll trust you, God. I know you love me. I know you're my father. I know you're proud of me. I know you speak good things about me. I have to push myself out of that realm. Now, notice I said, I cry a few tears about it. But I'll be like, get yourself together, girl. Don't you let the devil take you to that place ever again in your life. As with anything, people go through things in their life. It is meant to destroy you. The thing is, is are you going to let the devil have the power over your life or are you going to let thankfulness and what God has done for you and that you are still alive, you are still breathing, there is still yet life in you, there is still hope in you, there is still deliverance that is yet for you, there is a God that loves you, that you can rely on, that you can depend upon, that grace abounds towards you and then you can step out of that and begin to thank God because for every downfall in my life, every rape, everything that the devil did to me to make me fall and I'll take it as a weapon in my hand and I'll cut every demon's neck. Chop it off. You have no more thought or authority in anybody's life. Pulling down principalities and powers that would exalt themselves above the word of God. You got to get in the fight and not fighting from your place of Weakness, but from your place of authority through the blood-bought sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We reign. We rule. It is yours. The kingdom of heaven is here. But you got to be violent. And you got to take it by force. Take it. It's yours. Thankfulness is a weapon in your hand that you will come out of depression with. Number four, thankfulness develops hope for the future. Looking back on how God has blessed and helped us gives us hope for our future. Every situation, every harsh thing. I can remember Christmases when we didn't have a lot of money, but God blessed me to have some little gifts under the tree and people blessed me. My kids never missed a beat. And the thing of it is, is your kids 
And people that really love you, love you. Love you. Amen? So you have a future. And you can look back and you can see he'll do it again. (laughs) The devil will try to tell you, well, you only have one shot at that. Tries to tell me that all the time. You're too old. You're too late. Did too much. Not going to happen. Devil is a liar. I have a future and I have a hope. And I have a future. Every day that I breathe is an opportunity for God to do great things through me. Every day. Every day. You have a future. And you have a hope for your future. One must develop these attitudes in themselves. Oh God. Number five. Giving thanks will make way for gratitude. Mm. And gratitude will lead to generosity. Stingy people are unthankful people. Thankful people are generous. They give. They give a good word. They give their time, their talent, their treasure. They give of themselves. They're giving people. They're always ready and willing to give a word. They're always ready and willing even when they've been betrayed. They're always ready and willing to give friendship. Well, we'll try it again. That one didn't work. We'll try it again. That didn't work. We'll try it again. We'll work at it again. I'm thankful, Lord. Thankful, Lord, you brought me out of that. I'm thankful, Lord, I have to give. I'm thankful, Lord. I give you praise, Father. Thank you, Lord. Even when I can't give everything, you know, I remember a time I couldn't really tithe everything. I was so locked up in some things. But you know what? Every offering, I gave a dollar. I gave two dollars. I never stopped the flow of it coming back to me. Never shut up my bowels. I never said I won't give nothing. Never said that. I would find some kind of way to give. When I couldn't give, I gave my time. Okay? I gave something. Because God had blessed me so greatly that when, when, okay, I tell people, <laughs> the, uh, people chase after beautiful women and handsome men. Okay, but fine, that's your thing. Okay, <clears throat> I always said uh, I don't want, I don't like pretty boys. Okay, because they need too much attention. All right. Okay, and, and you have to spend all your time taking care of them and building them up. All right. Same thing with with beautiful women that are stuck on themselves. Okay, that's the criteria. They're stuck on themselves. Okay, I rather deal with somebody that's average, and that treats me like I am the queen in their life or that he is the king in her life. Because <laughs> we had, as a church, now by God, not by God, but by man's standard, this was not a very pretty woman, okay? She, she was in the world standards, okay? <coughs> and in the world standards, it's a very handsome man. And he had dealt with beautiful women all of his life, and they dogged him out big time. And this was not a very pretty woman by the world standards. Sweet as she could be. Sweet lady. Sweet as she could be. And he just started talking with her. And I want to tell you, that very handsome man by the world standards fell in love with that very plain girl. And they are married until today. You know why? Because she was generous. She was kind. She built him up. She didn't betray him. She poured into him. She was thankful for what he did. She showed a spirit of thankfulness towards him. And he appreciated that and married that girl. 
And everybody looked around and they were like, he married her? This is what they said in the church. I'm telling you, he married her? And see, he made the statement one time, I will never marry an ugly woman. And everybody in church called her ugly. It had, listen, church folks are just people. Come on. Now, we want them to be something other, but they, they're just people just like you. <laughs> just like you. Okay. You church people just like you. Okay. That man married that woman and they are married to today. Happily married until today. Thankfulness and generosity will open doors that were before shut to you. Thankfulness and generosity will excel you in life. And I know we've been hurt. And I know things have been taken from you. And I know people have been mean. But do not ever lose a spirit of giving and gratitude and grace about you. Don't lose that. Don't let the world take that from you. Don't be, see, the world will tell you today, you better get what you can, like pastors say, can what you get and sit on the can. Make sure nobody gets it. Don't let them treat you like that. But I'm telling you that if you can just back up and you can walk in forgiveness and you can give grace and you have a gentle word and you're loving and you're giving, it will soften the hardest hearts. I have to laugh. (laughs) When I was young, I... I went to a, a, I had friends and she was white and her boyfriend was very prejudiced. He hated black people. And so she told me ahead of time when I went over her house and he was there, he's not going to like you because you're black. Well, I just purposed it in my heart that I was going to go in and be really nice to this guy, you know? And so I engaged him every chance I got. I was up in his face every time I got, I mean, you know, I really was. I just engaged him, you know, and he, and I just engaged him, brought him something to eat. I just made myself uh, a servant, so to speak, towards him, you know, blessed him, talked to him about his girlfriend. I really like your girlfriend. You really picked a really wonderful girl to be with. She's really, really nice. I really appreciate her. You know, what What do you do? And so I engaged him. I left opening questions where he had to talk back and forth with me. And do you know, by the time that I left, she called me on the phone. She says, I don't know what you did, but he really likes you. <laughs> you can move past the adversity. Yeah. <sighs> Because thankfulness will build a spirit of generosity and gratitude in you. Beautiful things come out of being thankful. And I'm going to leave you with the last thing that I have to say about thankfulness. It will cost you to be thankful. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you getting a hold of your feelings. It's going to cost you opening your mouth when you don't want to. Mm. Let me read this for you. <clears throat> Amen. <clears throat> if you got a pencil, write these down because I'm getting short on time. I'm just going to give you all this. Okay, and paraphrase it for you real quick here. Ephesians 5, 19 and 20. It says, at all times, give praise. In adversity, in good times, and in bad times. Your pastor is so awesome about this. I mean, he could hit his head and he's like oh praise god something good's gonna happen 
Now I'm like, seriously? <laughs> okay. You got a big old gash in your head. You talking about praise God, something good going to happen? Ser- I mean, really? It used to aggravate me when we first got married. It would just totally irritate the heck out of me because I was like, how can you be thankful about that? Really? This is terrible. But he's thankful. Give praise at all time. Give praise. In every situation, give praise. It says in every, now it doesn't say that you have to be thankful and you have to enjoy the situation because there are some things that are not praiseworthy. Okay, uh, uh, when I was raped as a young woman, that was not praiseworthy, but I can praise God that now it is an arsenal in my belt, that the devil did not kill me with it, that I am a stronger woman for it because I didn't let it break me. I let it make me. I don't hate. I'm not angry. I'm not bitter, but it's a sword. It's a bullet in my cannon. That's a cannonball that I can lay. You see the big bazookas, I can lay it on my shoulder when the devil comes at me with certain things and I can shoot that out of my bazooka and blow him straight back to hell where he came from. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to give him praise? Lord, I praise you that I walked through that. Lord, I praise you that I came out on the other side. Lord, I praise you that I didn't fall into it. I didn't lose my mind from the abuse that came upon. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. No, it, it wasn't good. No, I didn't, I didn't like it. But God, I'm so thankful that you were with me every step of the way. I'm thankful, Lord, that it doesn't take over my mind and I live in my past. I'm thankful, Lord, that you caused me to walk into my future. I'm thankful. It will cost you something. It will cost you opening your mouth when you don't want to. It will cost you telling your body you have to shut up. My body would be screaming wanting to say something else. And I would just have to say, I just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I give you praise, Lord. And I'm starting to say what Pastor says now. Something good is on the way. Thank you, Lord. Something good is on the way. I see this bad thing right now. But the enemy is trying to turn me. And I'm not turning. I'm staying focused. I'm keeping my eyes focused on you. I'm running the race. I'm not moving. I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward. I'm not moving to the left. I'm not moving to the right. I'm staying with you, Lord. I can thank you that you give me the strength to walk through this, Lord. I can thank you that I'm coming out on the other side. Thank you, Jesus. I give you praise, Lord, in the middle of the battle. Yeah, I know things are going on. Yeah, I know I don't have no money, but oh God, I give you praise that it's in the mail, Lord. Somebody's going to bless me. Somebody's coming to help me. Oh God, you're going to use your people, Lord. I begin to thank him in adversity, and that is not easy to do. It's downright hard to do. Sometimes it's downright miserable to do it. That's the truth about it. But you do it anyway because the word of God says that it is your reasonable service. It's reasonable for you to praise the Lord. Huh. <laughs> First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It is the will of God for you to praise him. Is it only his will when things are good? Or is it the will of God? That's why I don't understand it when sometimes people come in. And I can tell you, I've come in here sometimes and I have to lead praise and worship. And I don't want to do it. I'm tired. Things are not going right. My feelings are hurt. My body is messing with me. My head is just telling me things I don't want to even hear. It's screaming inside of me. And I want to throw up my hands and run and hide. But I come in anyway and I'll force it out of my mouth. Because I know that once I enter into his praise and I enter into his gates, that it begins to fall off of me. The devil has to relinquish his hold on me. It is not easy, but it is doable. 
It is the will of God is to praise and to be thankful. James 1, 2 through 4, count it all joy. Listen, when all kind of mess falls on you, count it all joy. Because God is taking you through. God is growing you up because it says that once you go through all of that, woo, glory to God, hallelujah, that God begins to develop in you what he wants developed in you. How can you praise God for something you never went through? Uh Uh-uh, come on. Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Be assured and understand that trials are proving of your faith. Mm. Being out endured and steadfast. Be steadfast and patience. It brings out endurance, steadfastness, and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, mm, lacking in nothing. My God, that's James 1, 2 through 4. Count it all joy because he is refining you. The thing of it is, is will you stay on the potter's wheel or will you jump off? I choose to stay on the potter's wheel. I choose to stay on the potter's wheel. Rejoice in the Lord always. It says to think on these things. He's telling you how to win the fight. Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Whatever's good, whatever's winsome, whatever's kind, good words. Think on these things. Take your mind and make it think on good things. Train your thoughts. Ask yourself, why am I thinking this thought? Seriously? Is it really like that? Is there really no hope? Is my life really terrible? Is there really nothing I can do about this? Is there, I mean, has God really forsaken me? Really? Ask yourself and then take your mind and think on these things. If you want to know what these things are, here's your homework. Write it down, Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Think on these things. Be thankful. Going into Thanksgiving, I know we have to deal with people. And instead of you being selfish and self-centered, and they hurt my feelings. Instead of it being all about your feelings and where you're at, how about making it about them? and where they're at. How about just being loving? How about just knowing you have the grace of God residing in you? How about just settling in yourself that you got it going on because you have God? And I'm mature enough. I'm mature enough to take your hits and still love you. I'm mature enough to let you just go on and act a fool if you want to, but I'm not going to jump in there with you because God wants us to grow up. And it says that you give thanks so that other people will see the joy of the Lord in you. And it will be a sign to them. Ooh, God. (laughs) 
it'll be a sign to them and open up doors of opportunity for you to lead them to the great I am. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just praise you. I thank you, Lord. Father, I know that life and the enemy is relentless and things can just seem like it sucks the thankfulness out of us. Can I have my prayer team come up, please? And it seems like it's so hard to find that place of of thankfulness. And we've sometimes we just sink in, in, into that place of, of hurt and pain and, and we're struggling to get out of it. We are uh, struggling to get past it. Brother Corbison, if you would come up, please. Dr. Corbison, Sister Corbison. And we are struggling to get past it. We are, we are fighting our feelings and we feel like we're losing the battle sometimes, Lord, because we can't see that the enemy has so darkened the view for us that we, we can't see. And, and, and Lord, that we need that, that, that touch, uh, that release. That place of grace, Lord, that, that help to say, thank you, Jesus. Sometimes we just need a little help. Sometimes we just need a little agreement. Sometimes we just, we just need a touch. Sometimes we need to feel the love again, Lord. We just, we need a tangible feeling of your love, Father, your compassion. And if that's you and you're just fighting that, it just seems like the enemy is relentless against you. Come on, stand to your feet with me. Just to stand to your feet with me. If that's you, before we leave this house today and we move into this time of Thanksgiving and all the busyness, you say, Lord, you know, I want to cook the dinner and I want to be thanking you while I'm cooking it, but I just ain't feeling it right now. I I don't have it right now. Then you just need to slide out of your seat. Ain't no shame in that. And just make your way to the front. And let the prayer team agree with you that the spirit of thankfulness will just engulf you and flood you to the overflowing. That that place of saying thank you, Lord, in the worst of circumstances, in the worst of circumstances, that you would be able to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So the altar is open. If you need prayer, I ask you to come forward now. And we'll pray with you. We'll agree with you. We'll thank the Lord with you. And that spirit of gratefulness and thankfulness will rise up in you. It'll rise up in you. It'll rise up in you. And thankfulness will begin to flood. Will begin to flood and overflow from you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Come on, give me some music. Bring it up for me, please. Now, church, I'm going to ask you to please move into a, a place of worship. Come, you know, don't just, just kind of close your eyes. Give me some music. Bring me up and just close your eyes and just begin to worship for a minute here. Just worship for a minute. We're almost done. But just worship the Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Just, just worship him. Just worship him. Thank you, Lord. Go back to I give myself away. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. We're going to give ourselves to you, Lord. That's how you move into this thankfulness, by giving yourself away. And church, give yourself away this morning or this afternoon for prayer. Just begin to pray. Begin to lift up your hands. Begin to intercede. Begin to intercede. God is doing things up here. He's breaking chains. He's breaking strongholds. He's breaking those things that are trying to break the people of God. He is breaking them as we yield ourselves to him, as we give to him, as we release everything that would try to hold on to us. We give ourselves away this morning, Lord, to you. We give ourselves away, our agendas and everything, Lord. We give it over to you, Jesus. Keep lifting up your hands and pray it in the prayer line. Focus in on Jesus, not on what's going on with somebody else, but focus in on the Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you're moving, you're touching, you're delivering, Lord. Oh, God, we give you praise, Father. We thank you, Jesus. We give ourselves away to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Continue to just worship him. Just worship him. Just worship him. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Here we are, Lord. Oh, God. My life. It's in your hands, Lord. My life. My life. My life. My, oh, God. Hey, Jesus. Her life. All of it, Lord, is in your hands, Father. Thankfulness, Father. Oh, God. Oh, God. Thank you, Lord. We give ourselves away, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. A spirit of praise. Just a spirit of praise right now in the name of Jesus. Praise, Father. Praise, Father. Oh, God, a spirit of praise right now. Filling, Lord. Binding the enemy, Father. Oh, God. Self-condemnation. All of it has to go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank him. Just begin to thank him. He's worthy. Tell him he's worthy, Lord. You're worthy. Hallelujah. Thank you for the Lord. Thank you for bringing me through every hard time, every rough time. I give it all to you, Lord, and I praise you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Ha. All of it, Lord. All of it, Lord. All of it, Lord. In your thankfulness, I will break the enemy. In your thankfulness, I will make all things whole again in your thankfulness will release the healing balm of Gilead in your thankfulness I can do all things and you shall be strengthened in your praise in your praise deliverance shall come Jesus name hallelujah ha ah, thank you Lord my life is not my own. Woo! I belong to you, Jesus. I give myself. I give myself to praise to you, Lord. Hallelujah. My life is not my own. To you I belong, Lord. Use me the way you see fit this Thanksgiving, Lord. Use me, Lord. 
Use me, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now lift your hands with me this morning. Just lift your hands with me. Can you bring me down a little bit? Hallelujah. Father, we've heard your word this morning. And Father, we thank you. We just, we thank you for being our God. We thank you for the life you've given us. And Father, we thank you that as we move into each individual situation, Father, that thankfulness will be upon our lips. Joy will be bound in our hearts, Father. We find that place of thankfulness in you. And we give it away, Father, in the midst of our families and in every situation. And now, Lord, I praise you and I thank you that as we move into this time of Thanksgiving, Lord, that you will bless every one in this building, Father. That you will show yourself in the midst of their celebration. And we are careful, Lord, to say thank you in this time, Lord. And not just for Thanksgiving, but your praise and our Thanksgiving will be continually upon our lips as we praise and give you Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, church. Have a wonderful, blessed, loving time with your families. Amen. Why don't you greet somebody before you leave? Tell them, I'm a thankful person. Amen. I'm a thankful person. Amen. I am a thankful person. Amen. God is good. God is good. Amen. I'm a thankful person. Thank you, Lord.